हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू दिस थर्टीएथ एडिशन ऑफ क्लैरिटी चैट पॉडकास्ट आई हैव विद मी सतीश राव सीईओ एट फर्मेनिश इंडिया द लार्जेस्ट प्राइवेटली हेल्ड परफ्यूम एंड टेस्ट कंपनी इन टुडे सेशन ही इज गोइंग टू शेयर स्टोरीज एंड इनसाइट्स फ्रॉम हिज बुक कैन आई फ्लाई his is an inspiring story of growing up from a child to becoming a ceo taking the roads less traveled being different and playing to your strengths soft values and their role in driving transformation driving transformation as a ceo himself we will have an interesting discussion on ai meeting perfumes as well as the ceo's views and expectations from it This is the 30th episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with Satish Rao CEO at Formanish. Welcome Satish. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything it does impacts people in some way the function is only 3 decades old but changing at the fastest pace technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent not you clarity chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve it challenges for business success to help you decode the complexity to help you leverage partners effectively to help you partner with business more effectively to help you manage change better to help you attract talent you get this clarity via experiences of cios and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea welcome to the clarity chat podcast so satish uh, let's start uh, you know on this very interesting and intriguing note you know finding your passion on day one uh, at work to be a ceo at 45 please share that story with us okay so uh, so first of all let me share this um, uh, story about what inspired me to have a purpose in life so i still remember this was the, after i graduated did my mba my first job was at bayer agrochemicals and uh it's a very very interesting day in my life uh and two very very unique things happened to me on my first day of joining uh, this company number one this company's headquarters was at south mumbai at a place called express towers in nariman point it was on 17th floor i remember it was 9 o'clock uh, i put on my jacket on the first day go to the office at the hr department uh tells that uh, very shortly uh, we were a bunch of five or six management trainees who were inducted into the company and they said um, the, in about a few minutes you'll have a five minutes one on one with the ceo of buyer i said wow that's really fantastic and i was ready for my turn the big door opens of the corner office and i see this view from this office it literally was a breathtaking view where the venetian blinds was open and i could see the arabian sea from the ceo's office and believe me till then i had never seen the sea from a building in mumbai i didn't know what it looks like and i was mesmerized with that view so that is the first thing which literally blew me off and then this man turns back comes and introduces himself saying that hello mr rao 
I will chat. We just had three, four minutes of pleasantry talks. He was the CEO of the company, and that is the second surprise. Guess what? This person was German. He was a pretty elderly uh, uh, gentleman. Uh, talked very nicely. I came out and I said, "Why is a German running a company in India? There are 1.2 billion people in India. Could they find one person of Indian origin to run the company?" And I asked this question to the HR department. They said it's a German company, so they have a German CEO. I don't know. The bag of emotions ran through me. It could be a feeling of complete confusion, a bit of humility, a bit of reflection. And at the end of the whole day, something struck me. I said, "You know what? If this is the case, I would like one day to be the CEO of a multinational company based in India. Would like to be having this corner office." And uh, it was probably a very tall and a very naive uh, statement out of my heart, but very soon that became the purpose of my life. Saying that, why can't I be the CEO of a multinational company in India? And that time, I think it was around 60. Uh, this gentleman he said, I would like to be a CEO at least 15 years before uh, 60. So it's about 45. And that is what was the driving purpose of my life. And that is what probably. Set me into the first few years of my life, saying that I want to work hard. I don't have a reputed last name, but I would like to be a CEO by the time I turn forty-five. So that became my purpose of life. Oh, that's that that's awesome, Satish. And yeah, uh, you know, for all the people who are uh, hearing him out there, you know, if you are way down the ladder. Don't uh, don't don't be shy in having that passion, or don't be shy in having that. You know that dream, however implausible it looks. Uh, you know, I remember uh, uh, our, one of our guests, Arun Gupta. You know, uh, telling a similar experience that you know he was a hardware engineer, and uh, he used to go around and when he would go to a customer's place, he would he would see all these you know technology managers sitting in a uh, AC room, and he said, I, "I want to be there once." And then you know. and then he dreamed to to be a cio and he became a cio so you know it starts with a dream first uh, however tall that dream uh, seems but thanks for that inspiring start to the chat uh, satish uh, and i would dare everyone out there to dream actually so let's continue um, so satish uh, you know let's let's look at the lens of your through your lens of your journey as to you know how you have traveled and and then we come to some of the uh, specific you know insights uh, from you So uh, please tell us briefly about your childhood and one inspiring incident that shaped your life. Sure. So uh, as I as I said this probably is more of a reflection and more to an inspiration to youngsters itself and by the way it's not a biopic or it's not by it's more of worldwide stories maybe few of them is mine. But there are a lot of stories out in the world which are really inspirational in nature. So now that Jagdish you asked about this, let me tell you one quick small story. So I grew up, I uh, I grew up in a chal, and as people in Mumbai would know, chal is a, a very small dwelling with a common corridor running across three houses. And we have we went to an English medium school, but again it's a very very humble dwelling school. And uh, I recall one day when uh, probably I was in primary. Uh, Uh, primary uh, grades, third or fourth grade, and we had a teacher called Shetty teacher, very short uh, stature, but almost there was no student in the in the school who was not scared of this teacher. So she was a strict disciplinarian, 
and I would always make an attempt to at least come in the first three ranks in this in the class. And there was a class of mathematics she was taking, and then I remember uh, she asking a question, and I raised my hand. I said, "Okay, I can come to the board and solve that uh, equation." Went to the board, was completely brain frozen, didn't know uh, what else. I just stood stood like a statue, embarrassed to the core. Uh, she asked me to go back to the to my bench. uh and then uh, god knows what happened but that's uh, it was an embarrassing moment but immediately after the after the lecture was over i was called called to the staff room not surprising my expelling and uh, i went to the classroom fortunately there was the staff room there were no other teachers so less embarrassment because only shetty teacher and me and she said sitesh do you know why you have been called i said yeah i don't know but maybe i didn't behave I said, "Well, I didn't answer your question." Said, "No, no, 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 nothing of that kind." You always in your education competition, you said that you really want to make a mark in life. I said, "Yes." Do you think you are you are putting in enough efforts? I said, "Yes." There is never a time when you have asked something where I have not put my effort. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't succeed, but there is never a dearth of effort. And I want to ensure that so far, always been in the top three ranks. So, so this is precisely the problem. You are trying to trying to learn to get a good marks in your exams that's precisely why i called you for that's not enough what you need to do is educate yourself try to apply those learnings in every moment of life your last name is rao you don't come with a very fancy last name where people would throw a red carpet to you if you want to make it big in life you need to cut you need to cut about the rest and work hard apply your learnings and ensure that you truly become successful in life so the only simple three word mantra i would say is educate 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 that's all it's not about the grades it's not about how much marks you got i think that stuck to me in my head that if there is one secret mantra to succeed in life for somebody who doesn't have a godfather in life who doesn't have a famous last name then the only thing which you can treasure or which you will help you like an ammunition in life is education i think that was one thing which i learned in the simple dwelling of chambur uh, which probably has stuck to me uh, till date and the first book i presented was to the city teacher and there were tears rolling out in her eyes she's 89 year old lady now but i think that is what in everybody has some inspirational people and for me in the early formative years of my life it was this teacher who probably taught me one of the biggest things in life which even howard business school did not teach no i, I mean phenomenal uh, satish and again you know to all the people who are hearing to this story uh, there's a difference between getting good marks and educating yourself i think the difference is applying those learnings you know learning things which are not not just in the books but even outside of the books i'm sure as you will learn further from satish's story you know life teaches you a lot is that you know are you are you judging those uh, things or are you learning from them so let's uh, but that's a that's a that's a uh, very interesting one uh, satish and you know it it tells a lot about you that you presented the first copy of the book to uh, to shetty teacher uh, awesome so now uh, let let's uh, go through your career story quickly uh, you know up to your ceo role so tell us like about your roles chronologically and like you know and and how it went and something you learned from each one of them 
Sure, sure. I'll, I'll uh, uh, try to uh, summarize this in a very succinct manner. So the first five years was with Bayer, and um, I'll, uh, for all those people who are in this call or who could uh, hear this later, once you do an MBA, there are a few things which are very common that A, you come out of your school with a lot of jargons and a lot of uh, big, uh, big words which you learn in your MBA classes, uh, and you tend to use that pretty generously. And that's one of the ways to show that you are an MBA. With some jackets and some stripes on your shoulders, you think you have arrived in life. And my first job in Bayer, coincidentally, the first role I was given was a sales job, uh, picking the bag and selling pesticides in a remote village in Punjab, uh, where forget that I did this to a farmer and forget even English or Hindi. He, he just spoke Punjabi. And where there was no great air condition in the place, it was sitting on the banks of the farm on the farm. And that is where you have to convince him to buy a pesticide. Guess what it taught you? Sindhan, you know what? All this, all this big jargons, all that stuff, keep this aside. Speak a language which your grandmother can understand. That's the best way of communication. Be, be down to earth. You don't, you don't need to be fancy or over glorify yourself. Be down to earth. Be humble. Speak one to one. Convey your messages to your heart. The person on the other side will get it straight. I think the first lesson I learned in Bayer uh, through this rustic environment of, of selling pesticides in a rural market of India is get down to level zero. Get down to the level of a farmer in the remotest corner of the country. Try to work hard, whether it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 7 o'clock in the evening. Work hard, go from fields to field. And I think that's where it taught you the, the meaning of humbleness, humility, and hard work. At the time where you thought that once you do an MBA, you, are, you have arrived in life. No, no, no. That's just a beginning of your journey in life. I think that's what very quickly taught me that lesson. After that, being a company like that, I joined a company which didn't exist. I, it was McCormick and they were not even in the country that time. So I was the first employee that time. And it was a startup 25 years back when probably the word startup was not even coined. And uh, I had to start all of the only employees. So I was the peon, I was the clerk, I was the uh, janitor and I was vice president. So it was all in one taught you on how you roll up your sleeves and things from the scratch. All you're given is a, is a piece of white canvas and start painting. So so these these early years really taught you a lot of lessons which textbooks probably at least didn't teach me. And after that, I went to China. So one of the first 60 Indian families to relocate from India to China. Wow. I mean, that was another big, big experience. Gone to a country where... Uh, they don't speak your language, they don't eat your food, culture is very different. And I went there as a marketing director of, <coughs> of a food company. Another big cultural shock. Six years there, but if I look back, that's probably one of the best years of my life, where it taught you on how to be like a Roman when you're in Rome. I was a pure vegetarian all my life. Um, three days into Shanghai, I started eating anything with box, box, box. Uh, not because of anything, it was just saying that if I, I need to know the seasonings and the, and the food products which I'm selling, uh, which goes into the non-vegetarian segment, I better know that is. Otherwise, how can I convince myself before I convince my customers? So there is very simple, small learnings, but taught you a lot of grounded lessons, which probably uh, uh, inspires you and gets you stuck in your head and heart uh, in a big way. 
and then my journey to US where I was in their uh, headquarters for, for almost seven years. Uh, again, wanted to work in a mature big market like America. Uh, all these things probably taught you quite a lot of lessons, applied what you learned, but probably not taught you taught. But as you keep learning, keep applying, and again keep learning and keep applying. Uh, and that is when uh, probably I did not become CEO at the age of 45, but it was six months later uh, when this company acquired a food company in India, I was called in as a CEO of that company. And that was the day I could, I fixed to myself, saying that, wow, uh, this is the day I was waiting for. Uh, and uh, from then on, fortunately, I've been uh, uh, running businesses uh, in India. Uh, great experience, great uh, learnings. And till date, uh, I think I'm still a student, keep learning. And I, that's my simple advice to everybody, that the day you feel you've learned it all, uh, starts the uh, time of a downslide. Every day is a learning day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, awesome story. And I think, you know, one thing that sticks out here and, you know, that's, I mean, uh, my follow up question to you is if you look back, you know, uh, I'm sure you did a few things which helped you get get to your ambition at 45. And some of it, like, you know, I remember uh, you went to in you went to US in the 90s, if I'm correct, when every you went to China in the 90s when everyone was going to US. And uh, I'm sure you would have felt like, you know, am, am I doing the right thing? So, uh, so talk, to, talk to us about like, you know, this uh, uh, being different and, you know, how do you basically, how do you basically reassure yourself that I'm doing the right thing, even though I'm doing something different from the pack? Okay. Uh, I, I, think, I think I'm going to, uh, yes, well, the, the message is be different. I mean, I think there is sometimes I get a feeling, especially in the young millennials, there's almost a tendency to be emulating or adoring others and trying to trying to imitate um, so that because that's a successful model my strong suggestion is every single human being in this earth of 7 billion people are different celebrate that difference leverage that difference be confident of that difference and you will succeed in life I'm going to stop talking about myself. I'm not thinking. I mean, there are a lot of, lot of uh, um, uh, people who have accomplished great heights in life. And this book, Can I Fly, talks about all these legends who have succeeded by leveraging their difference. And let me give you one example. In the good old times of cricket, there used to be the fearful four spinners. If you remember, they were Venkat Raghavan, Vishen Singh Bedi, Prasanna and Chandrasekhar. This guy, Chandrasekhar, his right hand was stuck with polio. So he was he, he was differently able. He he tried his hands on badminton. He tried his hands on table tennis. And he, he was a big sports enthusiast. And he tried his hands on uh, in the uh, cricket. And he's probably, as you all know, is one person who has more number of wickets to his credit than runs. Guess what? He was the guy who used to take a run-up as a bowler, as a medium-paced bowler, and put a spin as a bow. And wow. there created this magic word called googly. Batsmen were absolutely scared to face him because nobody could know where this ball is coming from. I mean, they would almost box him. And that was his secret weapon. The person who people thought could not even enter a cricket pitch became one of the most celebrated bowlers in the world. Another example, in Bollywood, 
in when we see uh, in an era where you talk about romance it is shahrukh khan who is iconic representation you got a macho man it's salman khan i mean this everybody has almost like a cult following and here comes a guy called irfan khan who unfortunately is no more with us who did have six packs who is not a romantic hero who could not deliver the um, uh, dialogues like any other uh, great celebrity but he actually leveraged that which was his uniqueness and that is what made him a stellar bollywood star there are many examples like this friends that you you should know that what is that unique thing in you don't try to be somebody else be yourself and whatever is that unique in you leverage that that work on that use that to your advantage nothing will stop between you and success there are many examples like this i just wanted to quote a couple of them one from bollywood and one from cricket uh, to tell you that be different take a different path and we all know even even somebody like amitabh bachchan who who, who was who was rejected from an interview in all india radio thinking that his voice is not uh, good enough today uh, he is known for his deep voice uh, and that is what he leverages so there are umpteen examples like this where you are different be different leverage on it work hard on it success will come to you yeah and and and, and you know here's the quiz for everyone so uh, the 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 character of uh, Chandrasekhar actually inspired a character about 200 years back. That's a quiz for you. Okay, so that was the character Kachra in Lagan. But you know, I think I think and this this is so uh, this is so true, uh, uh, Satish. You know, I I call it actually being authentic, being different, but being authentic, being yourself. i remember in my own uh, you know gt days in tata motors uh, we were having a you know a, a, a training session for two days on presentation skills and this guy comes and he says uh, okay so you know who do you want to speak as okay and everybody says you know i want to be orator like mahatma gandhi i want to be orator like martin luther king and so on and so forth and you know then comes the the hard blow he says you know what you should speak like yourself i mean that's your unique contribution uh, to a presentation when you can be yourself and be your most most authentic self so i think i think that's a big uh, uh, uh message uh, satish especially you know like as people are like you know trying to find inspiration in the new year you know trying to get some resolutions out there i think one resolution can be that be authentic be yourself yeah so uh, satish uh, let's uh, uh, let's now go to uh, you know your book you know awesome journey uh, road less traveled you know having an ambition not having a big last name so you have captured all of these uh, plus much more in can i fly now we have lots of youngsters out here who want to fly higher but you know their wings are soaked by self doubts are my dreams too big you know not having a last a good last name or not knowing what to focus in this distracted world uh so in your in your book what is the most important message to youngsters of every age or let me put it this way okay so there are many satish raos out there in today's world you know who are just starting their career or who are in early stages of of their career uh what are the what are a few uh, big messages that they can find in your book uh, which can uh, put them on a path like yours sure i don't think there is there is first of all there is 
no no life or i don't think there's anybody who can boast of saying that he had a bed of roses as his life journey whatever whatever background it has to uh, have thorns in it it has to have bends in it and there will be times where you will be uh, pulling your hair saying that where have i come is this worth it all that kind of stuff so this book is all about soft virtues uh and i i wanted to give you a quick small uh, background on what inspired me to write this book is there are a lot of books written on hard virtues of leadership that is team building pnl management collaboration uh all that kind of stuff lots of stuff and we all have uh, read it enough but I, there is very very little things written on the soft virtues of leadership and what i mean by soft virtues the virtues like humility adaptability ethics morals these are the things which are rarely talked about which are rarely discussed or are not many books written and if you see most of the leaders who have gone to the top it have fallen down it's not because they are bad leaders it is these tripping on the soft virtues which has brought them to where they were to to the lowest levels now this book is all about soft virtues and why especially i'm i'm uh, uh, targeting this to the youngsters is that at the age of 20s or 30s you really want to achieve in life your 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 blood is hot your adrenaline running high and you want to achieve this materialistic uh, uh, goals absolutely fine but in the spirit of that what what happens is you 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 don't you you don't focus on the things like the soft virtues and some you take a misstep and then low comes you crashing down so if there are two or three virtues which i would say is very very important because after a particular point of time uh, everybody is sort of equal give or take it is these things which will cut you across to the next level which number one the most important thing is the values values it could be any it could be your values it could be a it could be a family values organization values guys never take shortcuts never ever do anything which beats your conscience number one message which is which is not normally taught in the business schools values don't violate on your values there is no right way to do a wrong thing second is perseverance very very important that there will be a lot of time as they say that when you see a bend in the road that's not the end of the road you just have to adapt yourself and keep going that's the 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 the, the whole thought about perseverance is there will be many times in your life where you will be frustrated i want to give you one example famous example of a gentleman who started a computer company successful he was fired from that company because he could not run that company according to the shareholders went to another company started off this big company ended up buying the other company and guess what the guy who was fired later on became the ceo of this bigger conglomerate and the guy's name was none other than steve jobs who 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 ran the most adored company in the world called apple perseverance he didn't give up in life he didn't give up in life that's very important so it's values and perseverance which if there are two takeaways to the youngsters i would say is don't give up never give up in life follow your purpose in life follow your mission work hard don't violate on the values you will reach 
your dream place wherever you want whether it's personally or professionally yeah no absolutely absolutely so satish i uh, uh, you know two three days back i think it was a wednesday and i played with this uh, youngster a 19 year year old youngster uh, at oxford in pune Uh, uh, the guy can plays like you know maybe five or six over. I think he has in it uh, what it takes to be a champion. And because he's a lefty, um, I asked him. I said, "Who are your role models?" Uh, must be Phil Mickelson, right? And he was like, "No, my uh, my my role models are Boba Watson and uh, you know uh, Brooks Koepka." I said, "But but I'm surprised. You know, you being a left-hander, why not uh, Phil?" He said, "It used to be." but you know you remember that us open incidents when he putted and that was going into the bunker and he ran to the ball and he hit a moving ball back from that day he stopped being my role model i mean that is like you know well, that's what i remembered when we were talking about there's no right way to do a wrong thing right so uh, but but very importantly and you know i think in today's world where everything is like you know running in a fast forward manner it's actually a very uh, easy temptation for people to uh, you know to take a shortcut yeah, you know as to uh, you know uh, when some, especially when somebody is not watching right and and i think and i think you know the 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 message that you're giving is that's not done there's no right way to do a wrong thing and uh, so why not uh, we talk about your mirror test which i think this discussion logically is taking us there and tell us the story behind that mirror test the taxi story Hey, I am your podcast host Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it: leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. Ah, okay, that's what I've written in the book. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is if there is one incident in life which I will hold very very close to my heart is this this one, guys. And I really want uh, uh, for you guys to understand the spirit behind or the emotion behind this very carefully. It all began with a mistake, which is that human being who doesn't do a mistake. I keep telling, if you are doing all all right, you would not be a you would be a god. So this is my one of the early days in my career as a working for a multinational company. I still remember I, I was staying in a suburb, and this company used to reimburse us a taxi. fare from your house to the office in south mumbai those days i'm talking about 30 years back when some of this uh, people on this webinar may not even have been born so this was the pre ola and the pre uber days guys uh, there was no printed receipts so it used to cost almost about 150 rupees the taxi fare and those at the same time when you could buy a suburban class second class ticket at 2 rupees uh, for the same distance so me and my friend um, took that took the train went to the office from there um, uh, walked to this office and at the end of the week would uh, claim a voucher for the taxi fare no questions asked got the money there is a good uh, bar in the south bombay we took guzzled some beers and uh, came back 
and I still remember at the end of the week, my dad asked me, "Bitta, uh, how was your first week uh, in this company?" I said, "Oh, great! It's a nice company, great ambience, beautiful plush office, air conditioning, blah blah blah." Uh, and guess what? The company is so done. I mean, uh, the train uh, takes me the same distance, same time for two rupees, and they reimburse us 150 rupees for cab fare, uh, and we took it. We had fun. And, uh, uh, and I obviously told it with a sense of arrogance and pride. My father looks at me eye to eye, completely bewildered. I, I'll never forget that emotions on his face. He said, "Bitta, I may not be an MBA like you, but let me ask you one question. Just now, whatever you told, can you go and tell exactly the same thing to the finance manager of the company you're working for?" I said, mm, "I don't know whether I'll be comfortable to do that." I said, "Okay, I'll tell you one thing. In life, nobody has made it big by monkeying around the." Way you did by claiming this taxi fare. I'll give you a very small mantra in life. If you feel appropriate, follow it. Otherwise, you are a smart boy. Find your own way. I said, "Yeah, but what's that?" I said, "Every day before you go to bed, go and stand in front of a mirror. Go and look into the eyes of the person whom you see in that mirror. Ask one question: Have you ever done anything today which you'll be embarrassed or shy?" Are not comfortable to share with that person. That person could be anybody. It could be your wife. It could be your mom. It could be a girlfriend. It could be a boyfriend. It could be a brother, friend, whatever it is. Or you may choose not to tell that. That's okay. But will you be comfortable to share this with another person? If the answer is no, uh-uh, this is something I don't think I'll ever be able to tell to anybody. Then from next day, you don't have the right to live like a human being. Wow, what a deep, profound thought. Very simple, but very deep. As they say, a true character of a person reflects when the way he behaves in public. But the real character of a person is reflected when nobody watches that person. And I think this mirror test is all about that. And friends, I can tell you one thing: that as a CEO or as a professional, all of us, we all have. Taken decisions in life, all keep taking decisions, and some of them work, some of them don't work. Same with me. There are a lot of decisions which probably were wrong. Absolutely no problem. But I can tell you one thing: over the years, if you can say that all my mirror test results still gives me the license to live like a human being the next day, you have truly arrived in life, and that is what makes you. A superhuman being, and that's what mirror test is all about. And till date, there is never an evening where I don't do the mirror test. That's one thing I would leave as a good message to all the viewers in this show: that if possible, try and do this mirror test every day. See the difference. How good you feel. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and I and I read it in your book only, Satish, that. Uh, there is no, there is no softer pillow than a clear conscience. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, again, on the on the same topic of like you know uh, the values and uh, you know the virtues, differentiating yourself. You know, maybe slow and steady, but you know, not doing the wrong things, and that's what makes you stand out uh, of the crowd. Uh, but I think one of the one of the things that has struck me about uh you satish i remember uh, you know when i met you first time at the golf course it was like a you know a serendipitous game i i i came to bpgc alone 
and i was paired with the uh, with you and devad and uh, and then we started talking and one thing that struck me is that like you know your openness i remember i gave you some chipping tip and then you started immediately following it you know for somebody like who has been a golfer for so long you like i mean what nonsense i mean i'm i i have my technique is good but you had the humility to immediately try those things and then you know then i read your book and uh, you know there are these incidents about you know your meeting with mr ratan tata and i think there's a very powerful theme that comes out from the book is that you know humility is not a weakness so tell us about you know your uh, your 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 interactions with mr tata and uh, i mean no i worked in tata for 23 years and i i didn't have that kind of a fortune <laughs> to meet him the way you did so why don't you talk about it and then you know then we'll discuss a little bit more about humility sure that's a very fascinating story it was 23rd of november uh, 2009 we were staying in us and i get a call uh, i don't know what from white house that I, me and my wife have been invited Uh, as a part of the guest list when the then prime minister of the country manmohan singh was visiting us and uh, they were as a reciprocation they were calling some people of indian origin in us uh, whom they feel has done a few few contribution to the economy i don't know what but neither did i bother to find out i got the invitation i said okay let's let's get get going and uh, what is important is what happened inside the white house it was it was uh, it, delegation uh, which came along with the then prime minister of of indian businessmen where all the all the top notch um, uh, ceos and chairmen of indian uh, business houses accompanied the prime minister and it was hosted by uh, barack obama and michelle obama and at the corner there was one tall figure uh, was standing and my wife said satish i want to go and uh, uh, tell hello to that gentleman and that gentleman was with tata by the way because by the way my wife jyoti started her career in telco the previous avatar of tata motors and she said i would really go and tell thanks to him for giving my first job in my life so i said oh, sure there were only 50 or 60 people in the inside the white house in washington dc so we went there i introduced uh, jyoti my wife and then i gave my business card and uh, here is ratan tata who keeps his hand on my shoulder and says young man please don't forget to convey my best regards to the owners of your company and then i was working for a uh, us based food company called mccormick uh, i said okay and then we just had some small chat uh, on on some uh, general topics and when he was leaving again he came to me saying that uh, don't forget to give my regards so i was like a bit bewildered saying that what is this so i went back to my uh, senior leadership at the company asking could anybody know that that because we didn't really do any business with tata at that time uh, and we really did uh, know what fast forward one year uh, me and my ceo uh, were uh, coming from us to india on some acquisition related things we were in mumbai and i just thought let me take this opportunity and i wrote just out of blue wrote a note to mr ratan tata saying that listen if you remember you met this man in white house i hope you remember uh, me and my ceo are coming uh, to india would love to tell hello to you within two days the return reply came which i have still got it preserved uh, see that yes sudesh uh, happened to host uh, 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 a tea with uh, you and your global ceo come over and uh, we went to the tata house for one hour and obviously i asked the question mr tata i am very intrigued to know why you were so emotional about our company and you asked me to give regards what is this all about 
He said, okay, I'll tell you. Now, he serves the tea himself. I mean, look at this. A chairman of then $80 billion empire, we are just sitting, no business talks. He said, you know what? When I was a student, in my holiday time, I used to be hosted by a wonderful family, which was then McCormick family. And he has some amazing memories of those days. And then, well, that time was in the 20s. And then life journey took a different way. He was busy with his empire. And there was no connect. The moment he saw my business card, this 40 years back memory came to his mind. And he said, oh my gosh, I had, I had such huge regard for this family. And I didn't even get a proper chance to tell them thank you. So the whole reason why I was very emotionally excited when I saw that business card is this whole thing is all about telling thanks to this amazing family. Uh, they hosted me during those times. And uh, I just wanted to tell thanks at a very, very personal level. Imagine a person remembering a vacation he spent 40 years back, spends one hour only talking about uh, uh, about this uh, his childhood incident, comes down the Tata house, if you know, uh, if you would know this uh, heritage building of Tata house, drops us into the car. I'll tell you, I almost had goosebumps. And I said, if, if this man could be so humble, who are we? What are we? Why are we having that chip on our shoulders? Why are we trying to show off to the world who are we? We are nothing, absolutely nothing. And my respect, everybody has high regards for this great guy, Radha Tata. But after this incident, which I personally witnessed, I think my respect for him went up 10 notches up. So the message here is, guys, be humble. You don't need to show off. You don't need to. People will see through your eyes what you are and respect you for what you are. You don't have to command or demand the respect. Be to yourself. Be humble. And more you are in lines with whom you are speaking, more you are humble, more you will be respected. Unfortunately, that's not the case with many people. So all that I would, I would like to share is through this incident of Ratan Tata, this virtue, again, the soft virtue of humility goes a long way in winning the hearts of people. That's very important. No, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, um, so, Satish, you know, um, I have some counter questions for you because, you know, I've had, you know, chats on humility with people, you know, when they say, hey, Jagdish, you can afford to be humble, but, you know, you are way, you're, you're, you're somewhere where you can afford to be humble, humble, but, you know, like I'm starting out. You know, if I'm humble, I'll be left behind. So, so tell us, like, you know, sometimes humility is looked at, especially when you're starting out, it may be looked at as a weakness. So, how do you, uh, how do you resolve that? Never. I strongly believe never. Uh, humility, and that's probably a short-term analysis that being humble does not equate to being weak. Let's understand that straight. Humble is a virtue. Weakness is a quality. So don't be weak. Don't be don't be less confident of yourself. Be confident. Be sure of what you're doing. Be convinced. But humbleness is a nature, is a virtue which will win the heart of the others. Let's take an example. All of us, who is the ultimate idol for us in life? These are moms, right? Most of the time, it's our moms. Can there be more humble person on earth more than your mom? You love her. You adore her. You, for you, she, she, next to God is, is your mom. 
is he being weak? Not at all. People like us who have got some nice whack will still remember they are pretty tough. But the point is, humbleness at any stage of your career does not reflect weakness. That's what I was written in the book. Is being humble is a soft virtue which is like an asset to you in life. You don't need to tom tom yourself. People can see through it. They may not tell it in front of your face, but the moment you turn your back, they will laugh at you. Don't do Absolutely. that. Don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I think I think I think my counter to that question generally is that you know there will always be always be situations in your life when there'll be somebody who's weaker than you, who's less powerful powerful than you, who will you will come across these people. I think that's the test of your humility. You know, how do you behave? Let's say with your driver, your maid, the taxi driver, the auto guy, you know, the the, the neighborhood uh, uh, shopkeeper, komcha guy, you know. That that's where your uh, your humility will show up, and I think you know this is a very good value to actually give uh, people. In fact, you know you know all 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 maids and drivers are uncles and masses, uh, you know, for our kids, and you know, that's like a, a very simple uh, way to pass yeah. it on. <laughs> I still have to be like a bit uh, you know true to uh, the purpose of uh, this show, which is like you know the digital transformation and and the softer aspects of it, and you know one of the things that really you know, when I when I immediately said that, hey, Satish, you know, I want you on the Clarity Chat, is because you talked about all the softer virtues. And, you know, what I do see that as you undertake, you know, uh, technology-oriented transformations, uh, I think being focused on the user, being empathetic to the user uh, is absolutely essential to make it work and to, and, and that's what drives the value. So, uh, so you as a CEO, uh, you own the digital transformation. Please tell us some of your experiences, um, you know, what, what, what Furmanish is doing and you know how some of these things connect to your, uh, connect to the transformation as an agenda itself. Sure. Uh, so let me start off with, uh, first of all, uh, um, I should say that all of, uh, there is one function in the company which literally works across all the functions uh, in an organization that's IT or IS or digital, whatever terminology one may use. Uh, because there is no function which does not leverage technology. But if there is one function which has really evolved over time, uh, is this in terms of its application and its uh, uh, and its uh, power to transform the business is this. I still remember 30 years back when we started our career, yes, there used to be technology, but it was more things like SAP, going uh, into email networks, and it was almost positioned, all these things was cost of doing business. You need to be there because that was cost of doing business. Today, it's this digital which gives you the cutting edge. If you are not digitally transforming yourself, or if you are not even thinking about it, if you are not going to use this technology in every aspect of business, guys, don't be surprised. The whole business model may be disrupted. We all have seen what has Amazon done from a technology. Today, a webinar like this, could you even imagine something like this 15 years back? So, so the whole objective is that today's Digital transformation is actually at the driving seat of the business. You, it's no longer cost of doing business. It is the, that thing which will give you a cutting edge in your marketplace. It will give you a competitive advantage over your peers in the marketplace. 
I'll give you one small example of a company like Firmlish. I'm sure a lot of companies have a lot of examples. Is we being a, a being a fragrance and a taste company, we used artificial intelligence or leveraged artificial intelligence to create a fragrance. Wow. Can you believe it? That how does this with with a 50, 60 years of experience of having all this data, you put this into a system and that you just put some characteristics what you need and it and it delivers you the end uh, uh, perfume. Of course, the perfumers then work on it, then modulate it. But the point is that the the time required to develop shrinks so significantly. Who would have thought of something like this? And this is just the beginning of revolution. I'm sure there are many examples out in the marketplace where digital transformation gives you the cutting edge to go where you want to go. It gives you a competitive advantage and it helps you connect with the customer much better. Where can you have learned about this better than the COVID era, where everything was on a webinar on an LCD screen? Did your business stop? No. You found a digital way to connect with your customers. That's what digital transformation is all about. And at every step of the value chain, there is a digital transformation which is possible. So embrace it, and you will gain from this transformation. Would be my message uh, now from a business model perspective. Yeah, no, I think I think it's very important, uh, uh, Satish. Um, I know many many founders and executive directors and you know CXOs watch this show, and uh, the message to them is that you know look at it strategically, look at it from a competitive advantage point of view. Uh, don't look at it just as an enabler, right? It's the cost of doing business that that that's past us. Uh, but but very importantly, and uh, you know, pretty inspiring that you know you can develop new perfumes you using AI. That's uh, that that just like tells people uh, what is the potential of technology. Um, uh, so, uh, Satish, uh, coming to my second part of my question, you know, how do you connect all the softer virtues that we uh, talked about, the humility and you know, uh, and the values and all, in terms of you know managing the complexity of it? So, you know, I showed you the the various complexities of this uh, industry, the technology industry, uh, especially you know, like working with partners, uh, you know. Creating those win-win relationships. Maybe some thoughts, quick thoughts. Sure. Uh, I think that's that's probably the difficult part. I sometimes I empathize with uh, with the team members who work on this because it's it's not an easy uh, position because these are the people who work in the IT space who are technocrats who are technically very sound. A lot of I mean some of the sometimes my daughter says I worked on Python. I worked on these are all. Latin effects for me, but then the beauty here is that this is one space where not many people, even sitting in the board or in the executive management committee, knows much about it. You talk about it's a capex, right? It's an investment. You talk about machines, you talk about plants, you talk about uh, other assets. People will get it straight. But you say that I, I want to buy fifty licenses of Corel or Python. People say, what is this? So. One of the challenges, one of my, my advice to the, the people in this function is, it's better to be solution focused than product focused, which I know is a challenge. Is it's very important for you to convince your stakeholders on the solutions rather than the products, because I know the the technical guys grew up as product experts, but not all stakeholders understand it, and that's why the communication gap is all about. Explain them the benefits of 
of investment in this. Explain them how they can get an advantage by embracing this particular product or technology or program. And once you convert your entire discussion from a product to a solution, they understand it much faster. And likelihood that you get you get this support much quicker than what is required so that your frustration also goes down. And also when you're talking to them, not everybody is as technically cute as you. So come down to the level of your stakeholders. Explain them in a common language. And that is where you will see magic happening. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I mean, I can, I can I can clearly see that big word written there, empathy, you know, empathy with your business leaders in terms of, you know, uh, telling them what the solution is, not what the technology is, you know, again, you know, part of it is humility, you know, going down to the level of your people who are going to be impacted by the technology and then and then designing it for them, you know, selling it to them in their own language, like, you know, you were selling <laughs> the, the pesticides to the farmer. It's it's some something similar like you know selling a big investment in a digital technology to an end user you know who's either doing a billing or you know who's like uh, on the factory floor uh, and and trying to and and being able to convince him as to why should uh, you know we be uh, changing our ways or why should we be uh, working on some new technology. Uh, but thanks 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 for that, uh, uh, Satish. So I will uh, now let's. Uh, uh, go to our interesting part of the uh, show, which is the rapid fire. Okay. So Satish, uh, in your view, what is the best investment? Best investment is invest in knowledge. It will never, ever fail. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, your most inspiring book? The most inspiring book is Wings of Fire by our past president, Abdul Kalam, which also talks about how he started with very humble background, had a clear vision in life, made it to the president of the country. Amazing, inspiring book. I think somewhere connects to your own story. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, what has been your most satisfying experience? <laughs> Probably, I would say that uh, uh, writing a book has been truly a very satisfying uh, experience because I never thought in my lifetime that I would ever write a book thanks to COVID. And thanks to the my in-house critic, uh, whom I survived, which is my daughter, and a young daughter, and you know how how ruthless they can be with their papas. So she made me rewrite quite a few chapters, saying that don't give us gyan, papa, just tell us a story, and uh, we will decipher the message. So I think at the end of the book, uh, end of the day, when I was when I heard that yes, this book will be released, I think that was probably the most satisfying. Uh, um, experience, but one thing I want to tell to all the readers is the proceeds of the book goes towards educating poor kids in Mumbai. Uh, I think that is more more gratifying that not only uh, you read whatever couple of sense you read out of it, but it helps educate poor kids. I think is more satisfying uh, with the results of launching this book. No, absolutely, and and I must say that you know for all the youngsters out there who are uh, listening to this. Who are watching this? Uh, you know, the book has been vetted by a youngster like you. So, be assured, there is not much gain. By the way, you know, I I I am reading the book. Uh, it's very readable, very inspiring. Lots of like you know, uh, connectable uh, experiences out there. So, so the touch of your daughter in terms of making sure that it's not gain, but you know, a lot of 
learning through experiences and case studies i think i think that has been a very successful effort uh, satish okay so satish uh, uh, next question i think what connects you and i uh, together is uh, you know is golf what connected us was golf so what does golf teach you about life this is one thing uh, which i one game which i say that you are not playing against anybody you are playing against yourselves i think that if there's golf if there is one thing which which really together that's what jagdish uh, people like you and me have been playing for many years is you just try to outbeat yourself every single time you play and sometimes it humiliates you sometimes it inspires you and that's what life is all about that's what business is all about so i think there's a great correlation of golf with your real life and real business yeah absolutely i want to share you know something about golf it says that you know a good shot can get you into a bad lie a bad shot can get you into a good lie but you have to play it as it lies <laughs> very well said very yeah, well said yeah. so so satish today is the new year day uh, one message to everyone that can keep uh, that can help them taking one resolution you know being a good human and a professional what's your new year message to everyone if there is one thing i can request you from my heart if you can do that nothing like it is please adopt this mirror test in your life try it out do it out you will feel so good as a true human being in this planet that's my one single message absolutely no uh, I, i mean as i said you know in the beginning the one of the most powerful messages that comes out from your book so satish uh, now you know you get i have been asking you questions i have been putting you under the uh, scanner for so long so you know you get to take your revenge all right let me ask a question which is probably i'm trying to connect knowing knowing you the topic and the previous episodes of this webinar which is it or digital which as all of us know is a very very hard skill and a very specialized skill uh, to excel in that field and then here am i talking about the soft virtues like the empathy and the passion and the values and ethics british with you being a cio of big companies and having spent your life there how do you see the balance and the connect between these soft virtues and this technical unique hard skills in this digital space how easy or how difficult it is to marry the both one thing is it's easy to tell but how easy it is to real practice in the real life of youngsters who are in this space yeah no i think i think that's a great question satish as i told you you know when the moment you told me about you know your book being about soft virtues and all i was like yes i i want to get satish and the reason was this you know i always tell people that you know technology is necessary but not sufficient in transformation so you need something beyond technology and the beyond technology is the digital transformation is two words right digital and transformation and transformation is always hard always hard right and it's always at a at a deeper level which is at a heart level at an emotion level you know it's at a level of you know understanding that yes i need to change or our business needs to change right so there has to be an emotional connect that we need to establish with everyone who we want to change you know whether it's our employees whether it's our partners whether it's our dealers or even customers we need to create that uh, you know that that softer aspect of why should we be doing it and that requires 
you know the humility which is like you know uh, getting down to everyone's level and then communicating to them selling to them convincing them so communication plays a very important part then you know the empathy uh, i mean you have talked so much about empathy in your book empathy is again a very very important aspect so i remember when i i came from business and the first time i was doing a crm program you know we were going to the dealerships and we were spending like all of our time with them just trying to connect with them just trying to understand as to like you know what are their day to day problems what will we do which will solve their problems right so uh, now what happens is uh, uh, you know they say that the by product of knowledge is ego right so <laughs> so, <laughs> so what happens is that you know as you keep developing that knowledge and expertise about technologies and all you know there is somewhere you know start developing that feeling that i know i know right and and that basically takes you further away from the transformation or the emotional aspects of it and the whole effort of clarity chat is about saying that you know technology is necessary but not sufficient and you know i may shout from the rooftop that you know the empathy and the humility and you know these uh, and communication are important but i think it comes out best when there are leaders who come on this show and they talk through their case studies through their struggles and challenges about how that works in real life so that's the that's the whole effort satish very good yeah. perfect thank you thank you thank you satish uh, so uh, thanks satish for coming on the show and uh, thank you all the audience joining us from all over the world for attending and engaging thank you all who who are going to be watching the recorded version as well please enjoy your family time and uh, happy new year to all of you and satish uh, once again thank you so much for joining us on on this show guys uh, see you next week uh, 8th of january uh, bye bye till then wow what an insightful and inspiring discussion with satish i hope you loved it as much as i did to listen to more such power packed conversations do subscribe to clarity chat podcast available on all major podcasting platforms in our next podcast we are going to discuss on the theme of business leadership for digital transformation all business leaders want to make their mark as a digital business leader we will decode the success principles for digital business leadership watch out for our next clarity chat podcast on business leadership for digital transformation